Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Surfcast, Mobile Surf's Canadian tech-focused podcast. This week, we're talking about all things Apple, including the Mac Studio, the Studio Display, the M1 Ultra chip, the iPhone SE, and the new iPad Air, and we might talk about a green iPhone 13 if there's time. Uh, Bennett and I, we've gone to several briefings about these different devices, and we have some initial thoughts that we want to share with everybody about them. But down the line, we're also going to have reviews um, and some video reviews of the various devices up on mobilesurf.com. And as always, I'm Patrick O'Rourke. And I am the host of the Syrupcast, Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, my co-host. He's across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm good. Maybe someday, if somebody ever, in like an actual ever person, refers to me as the bad boy of tech, can we change that to like the man who is the bad boy of tech? Like, can you know, does that clarify me earning it? I, I don't think it's else? ever going to happen, though. I think you made this as like a joke and... Uh, I've just stuck with it, and I'm never, never gonna change it. It's gonna. I'm just trying to like. Your name I'm thinking forever. maybe, maybe every podcast I just try to find one small loophole to get out, <laughs> to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, and this week, it's not just uh, Brad Bennett and I. We also have John. I brought him on the podcast to talk about Apple stuff, which I think is something that he likely won't enjoy as a non-Apple guy. But I've done it anyway. Topic. <laughs> How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, if my background looks different, it's because I moved out of my office, my bedroom office into a new corner of my apartment uh, to make space for future life changes, like a, like a baby that's arriving life update, imminently. Sir, and then yeah. you also have you got some cool uh, nano leaf lights there in the background. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Got those nano leaf lions. Not as cool. Rep in Toronto. Yeah, they're Toronto-based. That's true. Uh, so yeah, we, we got a ton of stuff to go over. Um, this is going to be a split show like we've done in the past. We're going to skip hottest news of the week. We probably won't even do our like final segment either. Uh, so let's jump into it. The first thing that we have from Apple's event that we're going to talk about is the Mac Studio and the M1 Ultra chip that is tied to it. I was like, okay, so... Before we get into that, can we just talk about how weird it is to get used to that name? The Mac I'm having Studio? such a hard time saying Mac yeah, Studio. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the, really the Studio yeah. display is rough too. Yeah, yeah, it's very like strange all around. Pro Display, XDR, Retina Display, Liquid Retina Display, Studio Display, Mac Studio. All these names. Oh, it's so it's so tough. Every time we have new people come onto the staff, it's always so hard being like, yeah. So don't worry about it. But you're not going to get any of these names right. Everything's capitalized in ways you wouldn't expect, and every second thing is word Mac or Pro. That's just thrown in get used to it apple's naming conventions have gotten worse too yeah i was gonna say there's like a correlation between as as the products have gotten better the names have gotten significantly worse (laughs) inverse relationship do you think mac medium would have been a better name for this no no (laughs) i don't (laughs) okay fair enough but but yeah let's talk about it, it to circle it back to these devices like I knew they were coming because there was a couple of leaks, some from German, some from a couple of YouTubers. Um, it was a bit of a last minute thing, right? Like these, we'll get into the studio display too, but like the Mac studio and the studio, studio display were kind of rumored several months ago without the names tied to them. Um, and I, I just didn't expect them at this event. I thought it was just going to be the iPhone FC, the iPad Air, and a, and a new color of an iPhone 13 maybe, which we did get. But enter the Mac studio. It's like, essentially a souped up mac mini it has the m1 ultra chip which we're going to talk about and like a pretty impressive port array but also an expensive price tag at the same time impressive port array is my new favorite band name that would be a cool band (laughs) but yeah should we go over the specs i guess should we start around is that what you yeah hit, hit the specs 
Um, so yeah, M1 Ultra chip. I got a bunch of stuff written down here. So it's pretty much two M1 Maxes just fused together. So like Apple said, leading, well, they said kind of at the start, they were like, oh, we left like a little secret in the M1 Max and it's like this fusion bridge that we can now attach another M1 Max. So it's interesting that that was like apparently built in from the beginning and we, nobody knew. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, 800 gigabytes per second transfer speeds. So that's like super crazy. Maximum 128 gigabytes of RAM, which can be shared between the CPU and GPU, um, which Apple was saying is like the most amount of RAM for like a GPU ever. Is that not ever, but in a Mac? Am I crazy? I think I think it was in a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the maximum version, there's two versions of the M1 Ultra. There's like a bin version, but the max one has 16 high performance cores, four high efficiency cores, and a 64 core GPU and a 32 core neural engine. So it's just Is like, that the Ultra version or the Max version? The Ultra version. That's I think. That's the Ultra, okay. Although no, that is the 16 ultra. high performance cores seems like a low, but uh, no, no, that has to be right. That might be just for one M1 Max, but I could be wrong. Basically, on the I.O. side of things, we've got like two USB-C ports on the front. If you get the M1 Ultra, it's, what are they, Thunderbolt 4s, regular is just USB-C. Also an SD card slot on the front. And like, I think the thing that's important is they're on the front, which we haven't seen on a Mac in, I don't even know when, since before I started like noticing Macs. It's easier to plug stuff in when you don't have to like fish around behind it. Mm -hmm. but like everything has always been on the back the imax like this is i don't know it's almost like because this is a blend of the imac i guess that's kind of important but i guess it's not that important and then on the back we got four more USB-C ports thunderbolt i believe two of them 100 gigabyte per second ethernet a proprietary ac adapter it looks like a mickey mouse head and hdmi and the same high-end headphone jack from the new macbook pro exciting stuff the design is very similar to the Mac Mini too, right? Or like the newer Mac Mini in a sense. It's just, it's brushed metal this time around um, and it's a bit taller. And there's like some interesting stuff going on, uh, going on with the, the power brick too. It's like integrated to the base of the Mac Studio. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I like learned quite a bit about it yesterday during um, one of the briefings. I got I to gotta read about it a bit more, but it was one of the the, the more interesting things from the keynote that like just flew over my head i guess because i was like busy editing or writing or something like that it was apparently discussed during the keynote and it wasn't wasn't on my radar it's like it's actually really cool i was looking at apple's website i was looking at the mac studio and the what's in the box section and it just said the mac studio and then the power cord and i was like normally there's like a like adapter or a like a power brick or something as well so i was kind of like is there just no power brick so you have to buy that separately taking the no power brick aspect to the utmost. But no, if it's built into the Mac studio, that's really cool. Yeah, the so, no power brick thing too doesn't extend beyond the iPhone. Like all the iPads still come with power bricks and stuff. For now, until it becomes yeah, an environmental uh, concern. Yeah, that's super, super true. That, that, I, I say quote unquote two with years the environmental on that concern. for sure, yeah. Um, to go back to the spec stuff, so the M1 Max has a 10-core CPU, a 24-core GPU, and a 16-core neural engine. The Ultra has a 20-core CPU, a 48-core GPU, and a 32-core neural engine. So that's the like technical difference. I'm not a technical guy. I was right. You were right. So I I don't I don't know what that means in practice. I'm excited to get my hands on one. I believe we will be getting them next week. Um, so it'll be fun to run some benchmarks. John, I'm sure I'll enlist your help with that a little bit as our, our more technical guy on the team. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to play around with it. I think that it makes sense for a device like this to exist uh personally for my purposes it's likely a little <clears throat> overkill for like work maybe if this device had like some sort of a gaming focus mac and gaming haha funny um it would make a little more sense for me but on a personal level i think this is overkill in terms of power for what i want to do um with the device yeah, yeah it's kind I of would... like interesting where this fits into the market you know what i mean like does this replace the mac pro is this for like professionals doing like render farms of high-end cg or is this like you know they they kind of marketed it more towards regular people in their homes in the show but i mean the m1 max is already so much power yeah it's it's kind of strange to me when i look at the current uh lineup of apple computers the the mac studio seems 
overkill for most people. Definitely the the M1 Ultra variant, um, the M1 Max. Uh, I think the M1 Max one not is so not a bad deal. Yeah, I don't think we should. Yeah. I decent, think we yeah. just. I, I think separate that when we talk about overkill it's m1 ultra and yeah. like even then yeah. that is what i mean too yeah you're right and just given how powerful apple's m1 chips are in general i like i feel like the most people would be fine getting a, a macbook air um and then you know people who are you know they do a little bit of photo editing and stuff like that like people that kind of are in the same bracket as us in terms of you know needing a workhorse machine are probably fine with like a macbook pro um I think and then the mac studio is like above that are, as well i i think i think even most people that are doing like our work are probably fine with like the 13 inch pro or even the air like to be honest i mean the like photo editing capabilities on that thing were nuts like realistically i think you only need to jump up beyond that to like the the new 14 inch like m1 pro and max if you taking advantage of like more video editing or like high-end graphics rendering to be honest like yeah that, that's the thing that's for, tough with all of these devices it's like it's so based on what you want to do with it right like i don't do a ton of video editing anymore i would probably be fine with an m1 macbook air like that would accomplish everything that i needed to do right? i mean like the occasional i video. i did video editing on an m1 macbook pro you know what i mean like it was yeah. fine yeah um yeah but yeah I, thing, I don't know if go ahead continue sorry i was just gonna say that um the other thing that i found myself wondering during the presentation was you know apple teased that there was still a mac pro coming right but they also and, said this was the last m1 series chip yeah so i'm just like i'm kind of confused i'm like where where does the Mac Pro go then? If the Mac Studio is as powerful as Apple is saying that it is compared to the current Mac Pro, what is the new Mac Pro? Is it going to have an M2? Is it going to have something completely different? Like, we I'm just kind of lost in where they're going next. We kind of went over this in the last, like, Apple rumors syrupcast, but my idea, and, like, this kind of came true, although I think I misjudged the timing, but it was, like, the last like M1 or whatever the highest end version of the M1 is will be the 27 inch iMac. And then whatever the highest end version. So I'm assuming it, through the naming conventions we've learned this time would be the M2 Ultra will be released with the Mac Pro. So like now from now on, we'll get new MacBook Air M2 defining like the baseline because now the M1s are in like iPads trickling down the line up there. Right. So and then because we know how Apple is like able to you know, design its chips, I would imagine we'll get like an M2 Pro or M2 Max with like a GPU stapled on. And then we'll also get an M2 Ultra that's just like two together. And that will be the Mac Pro. Unless, unless all the memes are true and they can truly just infinitely attach chips forever. This <laughs> is going to create a bridge. What yeah. I was going to say is I think that the uh, 27-inch iMac Pro is not going to get a refresh. I think... This, this is, is the, the iMac refresh, yeah. This is the iMac refresh. That's, that's what the I mean. Pro-level yeah. iMac refresh. Yeah. Um, that, that's what you were saying, okay. We're, yeah, we're that's what this is. Thing. Yeah, I just don't think, I, I don't think that that device needs to exist anymore. Someone who wants an all-in-one computer, like... People don't you want get, that anymore, get, I think, yeah. You get the iMac, that's what you want. You want, like, a cute, relatively capable all-in-one computer, and you're not planning to do, like, super resource-intensive stuff. Even if you are, like, that was a really capable computer, the 24-inch iMac, like... I don't use it every day, but I have one sitting beside me and I'm, I'm glad I do. It's kind of like a, a backup device. Um, I think yeah, pros I, need I multi-monitors, you know? That's just yeah, the world we live in now. That's another thing, yeah. Um, and then along with the Mac Studio, we also have the Studio Display, which to me, like I probably weirdest talked about this a lot. Ever. So weird. Very interesting. Like I'm excited to get my hands on it and try it because... Like Apple's legacy of releasing like an external monitor that that isn't an iMac um, predates my existence of like doing this job. So I've, I've never really messed around with one. I don't even know anyone that owned one. I know that they all received relatively positive reviews and like um, had, people still kind of quest ap after them. Yeah, kind of like in the way like, like I think the last like CRT one, TVs for a certain reason. There's like the one called the Cinema Display before the Pro Display XDR. There's one that came out in 2011, and it was still produced until 2016. Um, and I can't remember the name mm. of it, which is not good. The one with the I'm black borders and the like, the light up, light up Apple logo on the chin. That one, I think. I think so. That yeah. one was sick. Oh, I remember like just staring at it in Apple stores all the time, being like, oh, "I want this." As a kid, I would just go into Apple stores and stare at things. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the craziest thing about this new monitor we should just say is like there's an A13 chip in it. It was just called the Thunderbolt display. Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to cut you off. That that's all it was called, just the Thunderbolt display. I I knew it was like a super simple name. Um, interesting. But they were locking down the Thunderbolt even then. But yeah, the new one has a what A13 chip in it, same chip as the iPhone 11. Um, yep. And that's nuts. It basically allows the computer to. So to be honest, I'm gonna say what it allows the computer is rather limiting to what it can allow the computer to do. I think so. I'm expecting more features in the beginning in the coming years but what it can do now is center stage which is the iphone feature or ipad feature that will like keep you in frame as you move around during like a video call on ipad Um, it also means it has a 12 megapixel front-facing camera which is like the highest webcam in a mac computer available like that's what webcams in ipads and iphones have but computers have been on i think the 10 megapixel level for quite a long time like even this brand new macbook pro that i'm using that's not the camera i'm using but has a 10 megapixel it's really annoying um and it also allows for spatial audio and what was that last thing? Was that it? Center it stage. Just, yeah. Is center stage the only thing? Center stage and spatial audio? Was there one so there's thing? center stage, spatial audio. You can't use the webcam in it. Um, if like, cause I, I wrote a story yesterday, but like hooking this monitor up to a, a windows device, like what that looks like. None of those features work. Even the webcam, like it just works. It's like a, yeah. a standard monitor. Um, but that's the, but those are, that's all that's available if it's connected to a Mac. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's accurate. Okay. So those are the cool selling features. Here are all the things that it's missing. I totally thought there was more selling features in my head. Not 120 Hertz, not a pro display XDR, which means it's not really HDR compliant. Uh, doesn't have an HDMI port only has three USB C ports and one Thunderbolt. Although the Thunderbolt can do like 95 watt fast charging out of it, which is kind of cool. And also, it only comes with one stand, and that stand yeah, is a tilt it. stand. And if you like, pay, you can pay more when you buy it to get a stand that also height adjusts, or to get it built with a vase mount and no stand. Both of those options cost more and cannot be changed after you buy it. So whatever you buy, you are locked into. So that's crazy to me, but I'm I'm over it. Originally, the first part is really silly. I think. Yeah, because it's just four holes. Yeah. Like, basically, every monitor has those four holes in it. And if you want to use a vase amount, you can just buy one. So that that's just bizarre to me. I was I pretty surprised. Because of the thinness? I, I think it's just the Apple-ness. Like, I, I know that this is, like, a pretty standard Apple move, and, like, we shouldn't be surprised by it. But I was because we've seen like a little bit of a different Apple over the last two, two, three years or so. I did get SD card this... slots back. You know, we were believers <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> I didn't think this was something they were going to pull. Right. Like I know that the the Thunderbolt monitor was so well received and has like a legacy behind it. I was hoping to see that that continue. It just like for me, for, for instance, right, like I'm not going to get this monitor. I'll get into why. But if I were to buy it, I would want to have the ability to use it on a is it Vesa or Vesa? Vesa, Vesa, Vesa mount, whatever. A Vesa mount. I should just spell it out. V E S A. (laughs) Yeah, actually. (laughs) uh, Circling back to that, the Vesa mount adapter is the same price as the tilt adjustable stand. It's only the height adjustable stand that adds an extra cost. Um, Okay, interesting. So no stand costs the same amount as stand. Basically, (laughs) so you can get the included tilt adjustable stand, or you can get the vase amount adapter, and it's the same price, whichever option you choose. But you still have to pick one of those options. If you want the height adjustable stand, it's an extra five hundred dollars. If my quick math is correct, and you're stuck with whatever option you pick when you buy it, right? That's that's the thing that confuses me. Like, I'm assuming there's going to be people that'll come up with like aftermarket solutions for like going from one stand to another there has to be but but that's the thing is i don't think it's like the pro display xdr that had like the magnetic like tilted out like unlock the stand mechanic so you could add the multi-thousand dollar or metal stand or the vase amount this is just built into the monitor like you are either getting a monitor with a vase amount backplate or with a stand built into it like the imac you know like turn that imac around get that imac on camera like that's what it will look like and there's no way you know what i mean like to jerry rig that out you would be breaking pick it up should i pick it up break it throw it just smash it i'm gonna pick it up do it can you uh, talking how many the apple website shows a picture 
of each version and the vase mount it really looks like it's just like a plate that sticks into where the normal stand would attach to the to the monitor so you think that one might be the most removable yeah you can't you can't see me if you're if you're listening to this podcast but i'm currently holding a 24 inch yellow imac up and you can see the like so that's how you think it's going to work right like that back yeah that's what it looks like in the pictures okay fair enough um which means like you know not removable it's like you get what you get which is tough like it's fine i mean you i don't know it's not fine though like i bought my monitor like monitors are expensive you can you like some people this thing's two thousand dollars it's it's more than expensive in a in a sense it's like super pricey yeah yeah um let's quickly talk about like the stuff that it's that it's missing right so like for me two of the check marks that i wanted out of this monitor for me to consider buying it because i am looking for a 120 hertz monitor that features hdmi 2.0 that's between 27 inches and 32 inches i thought that this might this might be the one for me unfortunately it's not it doesn't support 120 hertz it doesn't have even like regular hdmi or hdmi 2.1 or 2.0 or anything it's just USB-C um and thunderbolt 4 I'm sure I could like use an adapter and like get stuff to run through it. And that's something that I, I will try. Um, but still I could buy like, I don't know, some sort of game monitor for like small LG OLED TV, a little over half the price that would accomplish all of the things that I, I want right out of, out of a monitor. Yeah. Um, so this thing's definitely not for me. And it would come with a stand and a vase amount. You would get both of those things in the box. It's a revolution. I, I um, guess I'll die ahead, on that no. hill. Sorry. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say, well, first off, the 120 hertz here. thing I don't think matters that much. Like, I'm, I'm in the same boat. If I'm going to buy a monitor, it's going to be a 120 hertz monitor. But with the Apple Studio display, I can't think of anything that's going to be running 5K at 120 FPS. So I do feel like 120 hertz is wasted on a 5K display to an extent. Um, I could be wrong. There could be something out there that's, you know, powerful enough to do 5k, uh, at 120 FPS, maybe the new M1 ultra chip. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. Very little games. To be honest, I think our biggest complaints come from the fact that it's just like in the new MacBook pro it's smooth. It's nice. It was like the cutting edge Apple technology and uh, it's not here, but you're totally right with that advocacy of the devil. Yeah. It would be nice to have 120 hertz. I just, I feel like it's a very demanding ask for most existing computer and graphic hardware. Even the the MacBook Pro supports 120 hertz, right? So that's what I was saying. Oh yeah. When I was pointing to like, I was pointing at the new MacBook Pro. Like that's when we were upset because the new MacBook Pro has it. It's really nice. It's technically ProMotion, like it adapts, but yeah. Um, I guess, do you guys think we see like studio display XDR? In the next Apple event, like that's like a higher pro- end version of this. Yeah. So, like, do you think we get Pro Display XDR two that is like fifteen thousand dollars again, or we just get Studio Display XDR that's like five? Or no, the Pro Display XDR was like five grand, so that makes sense for Studio Display XDR to be around there. Uh, like the I, XDR I branding is just Apple's like high dynamic range micro LED kind of technology. I think, like at this point. Uh, as far as Apple's concerned, if you want that high-end XDR display, you're buying the Pro Display XDR, which it's just like the d- actual technology inside of it. So outdated now. Yeah. Um, like it's using like much larger like LEDs that need all that like elaborate cooling, so it has like the cheese grater backing, and it's like we now can put that into a screen that's as thin as what is attached to the MacBook Pro. You know, like we don't need that chonky boy that has fans in it anymore it's nuts like they could just like even from a manufacturing perspective like they could be building a much cheaper version of that for themselves to sell with the same like performance you know like it's it it can't be long for this world that product it's crazy but maybe cost too much money too it's about six grandish canadian six thousand three hundred dollars in canada Oh my god! Well, the stand on that one's a, just a grand on its own, but we won't get into that. We've already already dug a big enough stand hole today. I think. Is there anything else we want to say about the Mac Studio, the M1 Ultra, or the Studio Display, or is this like a good place to wrap up this part of the? My plan? only real I comment like the design on of it a lot. Sorry, John. You go ahead. That was all I had to say. It's it's okay. 
Um, my only real comment on the M1 Ultra is I just think it's really funny the way that Apple announced it. They were just like, here's the M1 Ultra. It's twice as fast as the M1 Max because it's two M1 Max chips stuck together. And I just like, I think it's cool, but I, I just found it really funny that that's how they announced it. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. They're wrapped together in tinfoil. Yeah, yeah, the potential of that, like, it's just like, so every year, like, yeah, every year, we, we, does this just, it almost like this, Apple has like played its hand, you know what I mean? Like, it used to be hard to wait for a new product before, because you're like, oh, the new one's coming around the horizon, but now we know it's going to be like, there's going to be a base level chip, there's going to be a pro chip, there's going to be an ultra chip, and um, the waiting game to like figure out which like price performance like metric you're going to try and hit with those is going to be kind of really tough to hit. So the new Mac Pro is going to be the first device to feature the M2. We basically know that now, right? No. They, but the they kind Mac... of alluded to it towards the end. Um, I don't... Like, perhaps... I think we would see the M2 in, like, the MacBook Air or something. Um, and then we would see, like, an M2 Ultra in the Mac Pro. Mm, that's possible. You know what I mean? Um, because, like, the way they've set up the naming scheme now is, like, the... The regular name or no named version, like M1, is the base model. That's you know MacBook Air, iPads. M1 Pro is like the step up. M1 Max and then M1 Ultra being the highest end version. So you would want like an Ultra branded chip in the Mac Pro, in the same way that there is no like M1 chip in the Mac Studio, because it is like a higher end, representing a like higher class of chip. In the same way that like. Uh, iPhone 13 Pro Max or the 13 Pros used to have like the Bionic chips and the regular ones didn't, but that got like that line got blurred over time. But I think this one will still stay defined for a few more years. If that makes sense. When do we think we're going to see the M2? I guess is the last thing before we wrap this out. I think this summer WWDC new MacBook Air. Yeah, I would I would say either WWDC or maybe the fall fall event, not the fall like iPhone event. But, but like, after, yeah. like, the second fall event, we're going to have, like, five fall yeah. events again, like last year. Yeah. I think John might be right. But the only reason I have mine pegged in the summer is because they did so much hinting around Mac Pro. And what was the timeline they originally gave us when they announced M1? Was it two years or three years? And how many years into it are we? Like, I think we're coming up on the end of it at the end of this year, right? Or Because if it is, then that means the Mac Pro has I to I think it's the end this of year. this year, yeah. The, the, like, kind of rollout that, that Apple outlined when we first saw the M1 chip. And they said, like, at the end of this three years, every Mac product will have Apple Silicon. So the Mac Pro is the only one left, but we just, I don't think we've built up to a chip to go in there. Although I could be totally wrong, and that M2 could just be four M1 stapled together, and that's in the Mac. Who knows, you know? I, I don't <laughs> know how many they can staple together. The, the picture know, they showed I don't at think least, they can do much. There was only like one of the Ultra Fusion die interconnects on the side. I mean, maybe they just edited it to hide the other ones and there'll be like the m1 ultra squared and it's just two m1 ultras stapled together who knows just stack the them like a sandwich just an m1 ultra sandwich they could get like a Maybe. sponsorship with like harvey's or wendy's called the m1 ultra sandwich yeah that was, my, my money I is on new yeah. mac pro at wwdc with actually you know what it might just be like an m1 ultra chip and then some sort of uh graphics like customization level because that's kind of the big mm -hmm. thing with the mac pro is you can swap out all the different parts for all kinds of other different parts and kind of customize it specifically to your needs so maybe that's what the eventual m1 mac pro will be is something that's super customizable in a way that all of the other m1 macs have not been so my i want to believe in that but that's hard to believe in because apple's macbook like, air they would have to pull the ram out mac of the chip my prediction is a MacBook Air and a Mac Pro at WWDC, and the MacBook Air will have the standard M2, and then the Mac Pro will have like some souped-up version of the M2, like the M2 Ultra or, or something like that. That that's my my prediction. Does Apple have any branding terms left? Pro, Max, Ultra, Super, what? Infinity, Super, Infinity, <laughs> the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess. I guess that's it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's exciting. I want one. I don't need one at at all. But oh, I certainly don't. They look cute on people's desks, and 
<laughs> I want yeah. that. I want to just take pictures of it. I just like love taking pictures of Apple products. The the metal always just like reflects light so nicely. It's like, I'm, yeah, it's hard to find it like other products that photograph as nicely. So let's quickly hit an ad break. And then when we get back, we'll talk about the iPhone SE, the iPad Air, the green iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 Pro. And I think I think that's it. Yeah, those are all the topics that we have left. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so the iPhone SE. Pretty, pretty pedestrian update, I think. More or less precisely what everybody expected. Um, same design. Looks like an iPhone 8. Has an A15 chip. Still has those like chunky bezels on the top and the bottom of the phone. Still the same LCD screen. Still a physical touch ID button that isn't actually a physical touch ID button. It's like the haptic feedback one. So it doesn't like actually touch in, but it, it is there. It press in. I mean, it does exist. There's it just feels like a button. Feels good. It, it feels like a button. Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell the difference if you like jumped between the two. I just, I just remember like going from the iPhone 7 to the iPhone 8 and like, that was one of the things Apple was hyping up at the time. And like, I truly didn't notice the difference between the two. It felt like the same, the same phone. Yeah. People um, still don't believe me when I tell them that like, it's not a button. And I'm like, turn your phone off, try and press it. And they're like, no. Well, it's like, it's like the trackpad, right? In the, in all, in the Mac. People don't believe Pro that either. Air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, this phone again, I, I always really like writing and doing videos about the iPhone SE. It's not a phone for me, right? Like, I, I always have that in my brain when I when I write about it. I want something that's like a high end. I, I don't necessarily need like the best of the best, but if I'm going to buy an iPhone, iPhone 11. Yeah, here's your video. Yeah, that's what I think my review is going to end up being a response to your video, my review of the iPhone, iPhone SE. Um, but yeah, it, it, it supports 5G. It's got the A15 chip. That's the same chip as the iPhone 13 series. It's 579 in Canada, which is actually pretty- cheaper than the last SE. Yeah, it's a pretty good price for what you're getting, right? In in a sense, um, but also it's an extremely outdated phone in other respects, right? Like it looks like an iPhone eight, just a small. And boy. I think that holds it back. It's so tiny, like it. It feels like it's. I know this is like from a jaded cell phone reviewer perspective, but like holding that phone in my hand, it feels so small now. To go back to, it's really crazy. Yeah, the iPhone SE. I'm like. Part of me is disappointed that they didn't update the design at all, but also I think it's probably the smartest play because to me, the iPhone SE, both the last one and this newest version are designed to do one thing. And that's to encourage those people who are still holding on to their iPhone success to finally upgrade and give Apple more money. Like that's, that's why it exists. Yeah. I think it brings a lot of kids in too, would be my guess. Yeah, it's it's a good option for kids to to get them into the ecosystem. But also, I feel like an easy option for kids is to just give them your hand me down iPhone when you perhaps upgrade. an iPhone eleven. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this. Perhaps an iPhone. Yeah, perhaps an iPhone eleven. I mean, one of the more one of the more like crazy out there things that I've heard um, Apple talk about before is like in some ways internally they position the iPhone SE as like a way to get people into the apple like ios ecosystem like someone who has an iphone uh an android device like switching and i don't know if i agree with that like on any level like i don't think anyone with an android device is going to make the jump to ios and jump to the iphone se like that doesn't seem to be the device that you would you would leap to if you were going to make that that leap um i don't i don't know i just wanted to mention that because i've always i've heard I, it a lot from the company and i, I don't know if i buy it at i like all. To i think, think it depends from apple's perspective android owners are only people that have sub 300 dollars phones like that's what i like to think that from apple when apple told you that they're like yeah when android owners and they were like when like just the peasants you know that's what they mean yeah you know I like mean, we know that android people have like sick ass phones all across the price range but i don't know if apple thinks that <laughs> 
Yeah. That to an extent, I do think that that line of reasoning that Apple wants people switching from Android to go to the iPhone SE, I do think that makes a little bit of sense. If you're looking at a specific segment of Android users, that being the people who only care about getting the cheapest phone possible, because um, those people exist. They, when I worked at Best Buy selling phones, people would come in and most of the time they'd be like, what's the cheapest phone that I can get and the cheapest plan that I can get? And they would walk out with whatever the cheapest option was. And that was all they cared about is spending the least amount of money. Um, and so maybe the iPhone SE is meant to capture that audience. Fair. Okay. Uh, I think so. I mean, you can, but, I think yeah. because of its like metal design, especially since this one does have ceramic shield um, as like an upgrade, maybe you can, you could probably get four years out of it. No problem. Oh, easy. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe more. How long? Did... <laughs> I'll be back in six years when my iPhone SE dies. That's my next project. How long can I use that? I forgot SE? about the... Tour the world. I totally forgot about the ceramic shield side of things. That's a good point. I think that's a good upgrade. Although, like you guys said, I'm a little sad they didn't upgrade the design. I was kind of hoping that they would go to like iPhone 8 plus size and throw in MagSafe. And I was like, that seems like a really smart like twist for the iPhone SE. Um, but, it, but it didn't happen. And, you know, I'm sad. I'm also not sad because my iPhone 11 video was banked entirely on the iPhone SE rolling out like it did. But, you know, I was exp I was hoping for some change. It would have been more fun, you know. But we got the Mac Studio, so I guess that's our fun item this time. And I, that's kind of the thing. I guess they kind of like, you know, the iPhone SE, as much as we want to talk about it, it doesn't hit like a different point in the market. It almost feels like exactly the same phone that came out before. It's like new chip, sure. It doesn't even seem like new camera hardware. It seems mostly just like new camera software, ceramic shield, but same price. Like it's just still that like old, outdated iPhone that Apple's selling to just try and scoop up new customers. Or to That's a good thing to right. mention. So... Apple's positioning the iPhone SE's camera as a new camera array, quote unquote, but it's the same. It's the same 12 megapixel like camera with the same aperture that was in the last one. It's just software stuff that it's doing, like deep fusion. There's like some other quirks in there and some new features. They claim styles. that like if if you take photos with the the like 2020 iPhone SE and then you try the 2022, you'll like see the difference. Um, which is a pretty lofty claim to make given it's the same camera. So that's something that when I, when I get my hands on it, like I'm excited to try out, um, because I do think I, and you wrote about it even in your, your iPhone 11 story in a sense, like, yeah, cameras have come a long way, but they also haven't at the same time. Right. I think they've more come a long way on the, the like software post post-processing side of things where more stuff can happen behind the scenes after you take the photo. Um, yeah, I, I don't come, know. That's one of the things I'm way. excited to try. One of, the, one of the points of that too was exactly what you said, but one of the points was they come, they've come a long way, but in the niche scenarios, you know, sensors have gotten a little bit bigger. Yeah. They're still minuscule, but, you know, we get a little bit more light and low light situations. The stabilization's gotten a little better. I think, I think video has gotten quite a bit better. That might be the bigger jump, but in terms of photos, like, yeah, an iPhone in the past four years, any iPhone, you can take it out and take good photos, I think. It's not, a, it's not a problem. But this does beg the question of the iPhone SE's camera system hasn't been updated, but Apple's marketing it as being updated with all these like software features, like photographic styles, all this, all that, um, being dependent on the iPhone, on the A15. But it's just like, is that really it? You know, why doesn't this iPhone 11, I, I'm literally not trying to bring this up as an example this time, but why does the iPhone 11 not get photographic styles or why does it not get like all those things? I mean, it has deep fusion and a bunch of stuff, but yeah, exactly. You know, like they're, this kind of illustrates that a lot of the times these camera improvements are limited via software more than hardware. It seems like, yep. I don't know if that's exactly that's true, point. but I think this, I think this really does color that in. Well, it could it could be related to the the neural engine or the neural chip or whatever Apple calls. That's what that they part say. Yeah, yeah. If you ask the them A15. that, that's exactly what they say. And the reason why I say that is look at the Pixel Six. Yeah, it's you know it's not an iPhone, but the Pixel Six had Google's Tensor Chip, and it had a whole bunch of fancy new camera features. And Google's main argument about why those camera features didn't come to older pixels was that they relied on new hardware in the Tensor chip itself, specifically designed to make those features work. That said, some of them you could make work on older pixels. For example, 
the magic eraser feature on pixel six there was a way to kind of hack that onto older picture pixels and i i yeah, ran I that on that. a pixel three and it worked fine but you know i think it was, was probably faster on the pixel six mm -hmm. so it, it might just be a matter of apple going okay well from a user experience perspective the feature might work on an older chip but it might not work as well as it does on a newer chip and so we're going to limit it that way I still think it's kind of BS, but that might just be the reasoning there. No, I think that's fair. And we are like nitpicking. I mean, believe it or not, I don't think anyone's tripping over themselves to get the latest phone because of photographic styles, because that's just like the wackiest thing ever. But yeah, well, again, right. like, that's a super good point. It's also this phone's not, not for us, right? That's what makes it fun and also a little more difficult for me to review every year is like, I could sit there and criticize the screen, the design, the physical home button, talk like forever about how I wish it looked more like the iPhone uh, XR or XR, whatever it's called. Hate the name of that phone. Um, but that's not what, that's not who this is marketed to, right? It's strictly people that have like older iPhones that Apple is trying to coax into upgrading to a new device that have no interest in going to that like swipe navigation. They have the home button, they like it they want to continue using it they just want a new phone um because their old phone's broken right and it's time for them to upgrade and they want something that's familiar and that they they know how to use not not like a new experience i t i'm totally on board with you totally on board like let's sail the ship together but that's insane right like the fact that apple's yeah. just making a phone for home button enthusiasts is nuts right because the home button we all like it's like None of us would go back to the home. I don't know anyone that would go back to the home button after leaving it behind, right? Do you guys feel like there's anyone that's like every day they're like, I hate Old, all this extra people. screen like... space. <sighs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. My not, my nuts. dad still uses the three button navigation on his Pixel. But the three button navigation like will fade away and is like a much more like Apple could do maybe a software home button. Like that's a much well they do have a software home button in the accessibility settings, but like that's a much more seamless transition. You know, like it's you still get full screen when you want to watch something full screen. Like those buttons go away. Don't they? I'm pretty sure they do. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I've never sure used the accessibility away. setting. No, not on the iPhone. I mean, like, like when you're using three button nav on an uh, Android phone. Now. I don't know. Like if you go like full screen in a YouTube video, would they stay on the side or would they go away? I think they go away, but I think you just swipe them back up. Um, but no, you're right. And like it is, it is old people, which I'm like not against at all. But it's, yeah, it just seems nuts to me. Like they're just like, whatever, we'll just keep selling this. Like how many years? Brad like, Bennett we... hates old people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I, I, I'm fine with old people. <laughs> um, fitting fitting Brad Bennett for the is bad ages. boy. Does this Fitting mean, take for the yes, bad boy of tech. It's part of the bad boy of tech image. You hate old people. You don't want them yeah. to be happy with their phones. You want them to pay like tons of money and, and get an iPhone 13 Pro that they get frustrated with. And then they call their son asking them how that works. That's because my they whole, don't know. My whole shtick <laughs> is like, call your kids more. Talk to them. Ask them how they're doing. You know, ask them about their life. Um, no, but it's just like, does this mean like they'll just keep selling iPhone SEs until like, what this generation dies off like is that the plan here yeah pretty much <laughs> i will like i think it's it's selling right like they wouldn't i guess we're on like the right, third right, iteration right. here right so like mm -hmm. if it wasn't selling they wouldn't keep making it they obviously have some level of data that like it's worth them creating the spare parts bin of a phone every couple of years and releasing it because people are are buying it right even back when the iphone 8 released when they made that jump to the the 10 the iPhone yeah. 8 looks exactly like the SE. They made that phone that year for a reason. Like people, there's people out there that are buying this design. Um, and yeah, that's right. what I always try to keep in mind when I'm writing about this phone. Like it's it's not for me. I can still be critical of it, but I always have to remember that in the back of my head. Like this phone is for a totally different audience in a sense. Here's a I'm also convinced that even though the iPhone SE is like so much cheaper than other iPhones, Apple probably makes bank off of it because it's a spare parts bin phone. Oh yeah, totally. Like the margin on it has to be crazy enough that Apple's willing to keep making it because they know people are going to buy it. They know they're going to make a bunch of money off it and they pretty much have a captive audience because there's no other phone with a home button in it. So if the people who want a home button are buying Long phones specifically for, for the home button, they're only buying the iPhone SE. They're not buying anything else. Take me home button the country roads. 
the last thing I'll say before we move on to the iPad Air is like, imagine how this thing's going to benchmark with that tiny screen, that not great resolution and the, uh, the A15 chip. Like I really want to see what it ends up benchmarking as. And I'm wondering if Apple's going to, going to throttle it. In Even though the way. place solitaire is so good on it. Um, the one thing I was <laughs> going to say, and like John, John kind of like answered why this probably won't happen. It's probably because they make so much money off like using the spare parts, but imagine a phone home button, chin still there forehead face id like would that happen someday perhaps you know so we're getting like a bit of a taller display we still get the home button down here a bit of a thick chin really unique look That'd be to cool it. Be that's cool. what i wanted out of the iphone yeah. se is like a smartphone enthusiast and someone who likes iphones that's what i would want to to consider personally ever buying one give me the home um, button but just, just attached on the bottom like the blackberry it's just an accessory keyboard. it just pops into the, the lightning port that would be hilarious. Home button accessory into the lighting port. We should sell those. They probably someone probably already did. We are way too late on that. The answer to your question is basically like when that spare parts bin is empty, I think they're gonna move on to the next spare parts bin. And it must that's it must what the be phone empty. will look like. Like they must have emptied it out. I mean, they're doing new colors now, you know what I mean? They've replaced all the parts Could with be. ceramic shield. Like they just they're it's not necessarily spare parts. It's like they just don't have to remake all the mold and change up the assembly yeah. lines. Yeah, they they can use the same manufacturing equipment they've used since the iPhone seven, basically. Yeah. Okay. With iPad Air, iPad, iPad. Let's fly. Not like anything super exciting. The Air got revamped uh, last year, or was it in twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. All think, right. Was done with it... the iPad Air. No. <laughs> it's like it's the same the same design. It's like the iPad Pro, like squared yeah. off edges. There's a side fingerprint sensor. Um, it... I don't believe there's Face ID. There's a USB-C port, just like the last iteration. Twice the as big fast, jump though. is like, sorry? It's twice as fast this time. Is it twice like as fast, a, yeah. The big... 10 gigabyte per second or something. That's true. Um, and the M1 chip, right? Yep, the M1 so... and 5G, baby. Woo! Yeah, no one's else excited. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, basically no. that's it. 5G, M1, and um, that thing I just said that I can't even remember. I would, oh, I would be excited USB about port is twice as fast. I would be excited about 5G if I didn't live in Canada where 5G doesn't exist. <laughs> the myth. That's my hot <laughs> take on, on that. Uh, my yeah. other hot take on the iPad Air. The inclusion of the M1 chip is purely spare parts bin. Apple has a bunch of M1 chips kicking around. So Everybody's throw one buy in, M1 in the M1 iPad Air. It's cheaper than making an A15 chip and board to go in an iPad Air. Well, they had to put all the A15 Whoa. chips into the iPhone SE. Super yeah, true. that too. Huge, huge idea here. Perhaps, actually, the next event. Okay, we're going back to like, if you're listening to the audio podcast earlier in the podcast, if you're in the video, you're going to have to go back to the previous video where we talked about the Mac Studios to get this reference. But in that video, we were talking about like, or earlier we were talking about how Apple, I think the next one would be an M2, and then they would like build up again. But perhaps with chip shortages this year and like the binning process, it makes more sense to start with the biggest chip and then bin it on the way down so they don't end up Could with be. all... Like right now, they're making so many M1 Pros and M1 Maxes they can't keep up with the demand for those chips. And they must be binning a crap load of M1s out of them that they just don't know what to use. Hence, it's in the iPad Air now. Does that make sense? Or did I go through that really quick? So. Sort of. I, I think I'm on board with what you're saying. Like essentially they would do M2 Ultra first um, because as they're making M2 Ultra chips, they would be binning M, M2 Plane or M2 Pro chips on the side, right? Because that's sort of the process that seems to be happening as Apple makes its chips and thus not ending up hopefully with a huge influx of M1 chips at the end like we're at right now. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think it does. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm going to write something about that maybe. But anyway, let's continue with the iPad Air chip. You were basically saying that you think the M1 is in here because it's uh, they have a ton. Yeah. Um, that was like a take that I saw on Twitter, and I reiterated it. I don't remember who tweeted it. Um, I'm on board. I think it's totally real. Yeah. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me because, I don't know, like to put the M1 in the iPad Air and talk about, oh, like performance benefits to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the M1, yeah, sure, it has a ton of performance, but you're you're limited by iOS or iPad OS yeah. or whatever they call it now. We were already um, at like the max potential with like the A14 chip, really. 
Yeah. And with the iPad Pro being the, the clear option for anyone who is looking to use an iPad for like professional tasks, which to be clear, if you're using, if you want to do professional tasks on a computing device, you should not be doing it on an iPad of any kind. Um, yeah, it, I just think it's really silly to put the M1 in the iPad Air. Uh, and so to me, the most logical reason for that move is that it's cheaper to produce than something else. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes a ton of sense. I mean, just like going off of my previous point that kind of like tied into this one is just like, yeah, there must be so many M1s. Like, uh, like I, when I was trying to get my MacBook Pro, it was like super delayed. Alex's was delayed that she got after me. She had to return hers. And now she was trying to get an M1 Max MacBook Pro. And that was even more delayed. Like the delays on these high end M, like the M1 Max is the most delayed M1 Pro medium level delayed because theoretically like they're binning them. So they have more of them potentially i don't really know how binning works maybe it's more like efficient than i think it is but yeah super crazy but yeah the ipad line moving back into that is just like really muddy all the time you know there's never like these clear definitions for which ipad is right for which person i mean i tried to write a guide about that this morning it's on mobilesyrup.com and I, I think i did hit it but yeah like you said the air and the pros are just like so similar now it's weird like well actually what you said was you didn't think that anyone would like, if you were getting one to use as real computing performance, you would get the Pro. But I think now with this one, that's not necessarily true because the Pro and the Air are, are kind of the same computer unless you really care about 120 hertz screens or two kind of like storage. It was kind of like that before too, right? Like the Air even at one point had a more powerful chip than the Pro just because the Pro was a little bit behind on the update cycle. Like I, I remember the, the last That happened Air with the Mini last that, year. Yeah, the Mini 2, that was the same thing. The last Air, like, my review of it was, like, this is the iPad you should buy. Like, you shouldn't buy the Pro. If you want a powerful iPad because you plan to use it for something more than just, like, consuming media, get the Air. Like, this is the one that you should be getting. One, it has the most powerful chip. Two, it's got the cool design. Three, it's got cool colors. It's got USB-C, so you can use all those accessories with it. Um, Fits in the Magic Keyboard. I, I don't know. Like, you're you're doing the review for us. Like, I, yeah. I don't know how you how you're going to feel about it if that's going to be the same case this year but it feels like it to me because a lot of the pros features you just you don't really need right like yeah, the cool that's exactly display like, and that stuff it, it's just yeah it's weird it almost like kills the pro it's just like why like i get why some people would want the pro but for the extra like extra few hundred dollars it doesn't seem to be quite worth it like Unless you need it not. for development. It's almost like the Mac Pro, you know, where we were like, okay, real people probably aren't buying these. It must be developers or something. Maybe that's like the iPad Pro and it's just like people that need LiDAR sensors. Or is there a LiDAR sensor? Oh, no. The iPhone 13 is a LiDAR sensor the, now, sir. The, the iPhone 13 and the the um, the iPad Pro have the have the LiDAR sensor, which like only certain apps use. Well, if you um, were a developer loves for those to apps. highlight those apps, yeah. but... That's, yeah, I mean, I think if you were a developer for those apps, maybe then you're buying like an iPad Pro. But, and like, I have an uncle who has one. Um, but like, he's just like likes Apple products. You know, he wanted the best of the best. So we bought it. Like, but he didn't, you know, I think anyone's doing like more research into price to performance would be more hard pressed to step up to the Pro. Unless, yep. I don't, unless you wanted a giant like 12 inch one too, which is still kind of crazy because it's huge. Some people are into that. Yeah. Some people are really into that big 12-inch iPad. They love it. That's probably feels really powerful it, but... to carry around. What, um, like, I guess you could use that. That would be the biggest, like, laptop replacement one in terms of size. I mean, I used the 12-inch MacBook for years, and that was fine. <laughs> I'm sure a 12-inch iPad would be worse, though. So what's what's the last thing on this list? The green iPhone 13 the the green iPhone 13 Pro? Yeah. Like I, I always think that it's cool that Apple introduces these new colors. It's the thing that they started last year with the the purple. Um, I'm just not into the colors with... this year. Sorry? I said I'm just not into the colors this year. I am. I, I you love are? the green. You love green. Like the, right. the green iPhone eleven Pro, the midnight green one. That was yeah. my favorite favorite iPhone like ever, just in terms of design. It was like the peak of that curved side look that apple's going for back with the iphone 11 yeah the color oh, the was iPhone 11? nice yeah it was the iphone 11 pro <laughs> iphone 11 pro you mentioned something oh, yeah, about the iPhone, iPhone 11, 11 you said sorry. <laughs> I, I can't i can't see you on the, oh on yeah the screen, i keep so forgetting I you can't up. see me ah oh, zencaster please um 
but yeah, I, I like the colors. I think it's cool that they're doing this. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Like, I I do think that they look really similar though. Let's I I gotta open up the story to remember the names of them because they have. It's just green and alpine green, I think. Yeah. Is it green and I alpine think, green? And the alpine that, is the the pro. The pro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. um yeah. John, There's not much else about to say. the greens. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Sick green. Really like it. Shrek phone. Shrek phone. Uh, Fair enough. That's basically it. Uh, I think it's the best, easily the best iPhone 13 Pro color. Um, really, you I guys don't like the blue. The one? best. Uh, I was the iPhone. Blue. It's the best iPhone 13 Pro color, and I'm pretty sure it's the best iPhone 13 color. But I don't remember what all the iPhone 13 colors are off the top of my. John's head. on the right side of history. Wow, I'm um, on the wrong side of history. I guess the the green color is, as far as I'm concerned, the best argument Apple has made for me to buy an iPhone 13 mini, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but have not done yet and probably still will not do. Uh, but it's the best argument they've made so far. This is probably your last your last year for the mini too. Like I, I think it's still going to be disappearing after this year. I think I think so too. So You should try and see if you can get Apple to send you one maybe. I don't know. Like maybe we'll talk about this after, but perhaps like a love letter to the mini could be a fun, a fun video similar to the iPhone 11. Maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna wait and see if they actually get rid of the mini first, and then I will. It's like you get affiliate revenue, you get affiliate revenue for every single um every single iPhone 11 purchase. I'm not looking for money, podcast. dog. I'm just looking for viewers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about these these three items, or is that a good place to to wrap it up? Like the they're they're all like. I guess arguably worthwhile updates, but there's just not a lot of there's not a lot to them. They're pretty pretty expected hardware uh, hardware updates. I guess the only thing that's new here we get, didn't mention is that the um, I, I'm assuming that the new purple color refresh did really well last year, hence why they've done it this year yeah. and they've done it to the Pro model. Last year it was just the iPhone 12 that got the color refresh, right? The Pros didn't get Makes a new sense. color, and this year they've redone the Pro color. So, you know, I guess. The other question I kind of have out of that is why do you guys think Apple is like, do you think there's a larger sales strategy or do you think they just see a potential like iPhone lag in this type in this time of year? And they're like, we just bump out a new color, bump it back up. And that's getting us, you know, the Q2 results we need. Or is this still yeah, one for them? I think, I think it's definitely a sales strategy because this is right around that time of year where I would start saying to people, if you're planning to buy an iPhone, there's a new iPhone wait. coming in September. So you might want to wait and see what's happening. Um, but now yeah. Apple has a brand new iPhone color, right? So it's, it's just kind of counter counter marketing to, to get those people who might wait to just jump in and buy. Yeah. It's to boost those sales numbers. It's like a, it's, it's strictly like a sales strategy, I think. Um, yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall in like the Apple boardrooms, Apple war rooms when they like go over what colors they're going to do for the new iPhone. Get me green. <laughs> I need, what do you mean when they brought in a hundred shades of green? Don't let anyone hear that. He'll fire you right away. Go get 500 more shades. Come back. Okay. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Got a ton of stuff I'm working on related to Apple products. And I'm also doing a review of the Steam Deck at, at some point in the near future. Um, Bennett, where can people find you? You can find me anywhere online at the Bradfad, mostly Twitter and Instagram, though. And you can find my work on mobilestrap.com. I've got a guide that went up this morning about which iPad is sort of the right one for you. Um, in case you haven't heard, I have also a guide about why the iPhone 11 might be the best budget phone, best uh, budget iPhone in, in uh, 2022. And um, yeah, hopefully coming up an iPad review and then helping with some more video stuff for the iPhone SE and the Mac Studio. And whatever else sort of comes across our, our plate in the tech world in the next few weeks. And John, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. And also on the website, mobilesyrup.com. Uh, my next big review coming to Mobile Syrup will be about uh, fatherhood sometime in the wow. next month and a half. <laughs> That's so real. That's, such, That's so like impactful. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Hopefully it gets a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Starting our new new sister blog, Daddy Syrup. (laughs) We we were talking. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a great name. (laughs) No, it's it's not a great name. Not at all. Syrup Daddy.
Ian, um, Ian would enjoy that one. I'll have to text him about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the syrup dad anymore. It's John. John's taking the role. Nobody else has yeah. kids. He is on. Uh, Somebody else hiding a kid. What's funny is like, I think that's his Xbox Live gamer tag. And it's never him. It's like his son that's on it. Elliot. But every once in a while, I'll be like playing Halo and I'll see the syrup dad sign in and I'll just start laughing. That is a good tag for him. That's that's a great Xbox name. All right. See ya. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.